welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin reading the second book of the five books of Moses, the book of Exodus, and uh, its Hebrew name is the book of Shemot, which means names. In his book, Likras Shabbat, Moreno Harraf, Rabbi Benjamin Eisenberger Shlita gives us a beautiful insight on the meaning of names and how they're connected to our everyday lives. So he says here that Rashi quotes Hazal, our sages, and, uh, and he says that Shifra and Pua were actually Yoheved and Miriam. So when we begin the, the reading of this uh, book, these two people appear. One is Yoheved and the other one is Miriam. Um, Yoheved is the mother of Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, who's going to be the leader that's going to be that's gonna take the Jewish people out of Egypt. And Miriam is his sister. But at the beginning of the, of the reading of this book, they're not referred as Yoheved and Miriam, they're referred as uh, Shifra and Puah. So Yoheved was named Shifra because she used to beautify the newborns. They were the two uh, uh, midwives of the Jewish people in, in Egypt and they play a humongous role in the survival of the Jewish people because they went against the, the, the orders of Pharaoh of, of drowning the boys in the Nile River. Instead, they used to hide them and they used to make all types of tricks in order for these babies to survive. So, Puah, which is Yohe Shifra, I'm sorry, who is Yohevet, is given this name of Shifra because Shifra means that she used to beautify the newborn infants. And Miriam's name was Puah because she used to cool the babies to sleep and to, to make them calm so they wouldn't be crying and screaming. And she used to speak to them in a very soothing way. So this is the way they were known. And until this point in the Torah, Yoheved and Miriam are not called Yoheved and Miriam. They're always referred as Shifra and Pua, which describe their selfless devotion in taking care of the infants of Klal Israel. So one would think that such simple activities like taking care of babies, of being the midwives of the women, that would be something like mundane, like they're like, you know, how many people are here in this world that take care of people? like the nurses, doctors, uh, all caregivers, like you would think, okay, it's another job. It's another, it's another thing they do. But in reality, the Torah is telling us something very different. It's telling us that such natural pro procliv proclivities among women and mothers should not be treated uh, as something that is very normal and, and like not special. Like being a mother or being a caregiver or being someone that takes care of someone else really is the holiest act of all. You know, when I come into the, it's funny when they, when they ask you, when you go into a country, they ask you, what's your, your what do you do? Like, well, I, I, I work for Hashem, but I'm, I say I'm a care, I'm a, a homemaker, I stay at home. And really, people look at you like, mm, like mm, she doesn't do anything special, you know? And I tell the, the person, you know, this is the less well-paid job in the world, and it's the most important one. And he look, they look at me and they say, you know what, you're so right. So what Rabbi Eisenberger is telling us here in, in, the, in the sages, 
is that we, one would think that such simple activities, such as a, a natural pro, uh, being a person that takes care of others, would not draw the attention of, of the Torah, of the Holy Torah. Like, why would they be given such a big role in, in this parasha? They're, they're really put first. They're given a very special and important uh, place. It's to the extent that the Torah would replace their names, of Yoheden and Miriam with by names to reflect that they took care of babies. So what the Torah, the Torah never has one more word, one less word. It doesn't talk uh, like uh, with no deep meaning. Everything in the Torah has deep meaning, it's important. So what the Torah is telling us is, is that people who take care of babies are very important people. And this is for you moms, for all those mothers in the world that are giving their time selflessly, that they're stopping their careers, that they're maybe not pursuing their dreams, and they're on hold taking care of their children and their homes. You have to know that you're very, very important. So, so much that, look, they, there's a whole parasha about you. So, after all, we know that the, that the name of something, especially the original name, by which it's called in the Torah, represents its essential nature. We see this from the verses in Parashah Bereshit, in which God gives Adam HaRishon the sehut, the merit, to name all the animals in the world. He, he put the animals in front of him and told him, please give them their names. And we see from that pasuk that says that whatever Adam HaRishon called the creature, Hushmo, that it's its name, it, 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 Hashem would say that it's its name. So the Sepharim asks, what is, what is so important about here? What, what do we have to really learn about it? What is the Hidush? And so basically any arbitrary name we might have given would have become the name of that animal. Like if you name an animal a dog, it's a dog. Obviously in Lashon HaKodesh, in the Hebrew language, not in, in the other languages, but in the Hebrew language, everything, uh, the name of everything has the energy of that name. So for example, a dog is not a dog, it's a um, Kalev. Uh, Kalev, the root is Lev, which is heart. So the dog is heart, it's, 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 it has emotions, it's, it's a heart-based animal, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a loving animal. So every name that is given to an article, to an animal, to a person, to, a, to a, a tree, a flower, they all contain the energy that sustains that, uh, that creation. So, so it says here, the, the, the sages explain that the name in the Torah is not just a so, social agreement it's not just a label it's not that you put names so you can identify something uh, in a particular way rather the Torah names describe the true makeup of the person of the, the, the object of the animal and then and the innermost structure of things. So the revelation is that Adam HaRishon was, has, had merit to see the inner makeup of every animal. This is why Hashem allowed him to put the names of the animals because he could see the inner, the DNA, the spiritual DNA of each, of each animal. And because of that, he had the knowledge and the inspiration to give them their names. So when the Torah, 
calls Yocheved and Miriam Shifra and Puach before calling them anything else, it must be it must be saying the Torah must be saying to us that the natural activities possess import, great importance. So what they dedicated themselves to do, what their life was about, is of major importance. Could it be that cooing a baby? was such an essential statement about Yoheved and Miriam's deepest na natures. So simple everyday activities, what the rabbi is teaching us here, Rabbi Eisenberger, is that we sometimes feel like whatever easy activity you do, like normal, like everyday, they don't, they're not extraordinary things you do, it ha have a lot of power. They're not seamless. They're not, um, they're not something that it it's goes undetected. This is a, a startling for us, like to think that if you're, if you're a garbage collector, for example, a person that goes in the street and is collecting the garbage every day, you would think like that's the lowest of the lowest, like what an, what an insignificant thing he does, like what a low life. But in reality, the way that he does what he does is what brings the greatness in the person. And, and it comes to my mind that a year ago or two years ago, I was crossing the street in Broadway in New York in the Upper West Side, and there was the garbage collector and he was collecting the garbage. And I was in awe looking at this guy collect the garbage. Like every garbage can he held in his hands, he would like do a, a flip and around and he would dance with it and then he would put it in the truck. And he did it one after the other, after the other, after the other. It was like incredible to see. And for me, it was such an awe-inspiring moment to see a person that has such a mundane job, let's call it, like not the nicest of the jobs in the world to be collecting garbage and putting in a, in a dump truck. And nevertheless, his job was magnificent because the way he did it was magnificent. He did it in a magnificent way. So what he, Rabbi Eisenberger is telling us here is that we don't need to have major revolutions in our lives. We don't need to do incredible, incredible, extraordinary things in our lives. Uh, because that's not going to make you an extraordinary person. What makes you an extraordinary person is when you make the ordinary extraordinary. Is when everything you do in your life, you do with devotion, with love, you do the best you can, you put the best of your ability in everything you do. So, in this world, uh, says Rabbi Yeruham, there are no minor actions, or major actions. There's no, no, there's nothing that is bigger or or smaller. Maybe in the world and in our eyes, we have categories for things, and maybe we think this is more altruistic. This is nothing, whatever. But in reality, what he's saying is that in Hashem's eyes, the the, the truth is that there's no major or lower actions, but rather there are major people and lower people. This is what, what Rabbi Yeru, Yeruham is saying. And the quality of an act is based on the greatness of the individual. So it's not what you have to do in life, what, if it's great or not great. It is you. You are the one that makes the, the, the deed great. So 
So it says here that does a great person is not one who, who performs great acts, but rather who, who makes all his acts great. This is revolutionary, think about it. A great person is not the one that is doing great things, is the one that is that is that is that that is doing everything in a great way. Like if you're gonna serve your dinner for Shabbat, for example, it's a very special day. It's a very holy day. But if you put a table with a plastic uh, tablecloth and plastic plates and plastic cups, yeah, maybe they're beautiful. But. Uh, Ah, you know, but if you go and you buy nice china, and believe me, if you make the, 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 the accounting of how much you spend in plastic uh, a year, you can buy the finest china, and you go and you buy the nicest china you can buy, and you put a beautiful table, and you put beautiful flowers, and you make a beautiful feeling in your, in your, in your table, then it's a different table, it's a different Shabbat, it's a great table. So every activity provides an indication of his or her distinctiveness. And uh, in contrast, a small person can take the most distinguished activity, the biggest, incredible, most amazing thing, and distort its significance until it's only something small. So you can take something very great and make it very small, or you can take something very small and make it very great. So a great person earns her, her place or his place in the Torah, not for her deeds per se, but for the manner in which, in the case of, of, of Shifra and Toach, Yoheved and Miriam, they did them. It was the way in which they did what they did. It wasn't what they did, it was how they did it. And something as seemingly small as how she, as they related to these infants, uh, it became their staple, it became their, their signature, it was their, it was, it was a stamp, it was like their, like their trademark, you know? So this is the principle that we have to derive, that the man defines the act rather than the act defines the man. And with uh, great people, all their deeds are gonna be great. A great person, everything he's gonna do in his life is gonna be amazing, it's gonna be great. With uh, deep people, people who are deep, soul-searching, every deed they're gonna do is gonna be deep and, and soul-searching and rich. And little people, all their deeds, it's sad to say, but they're gonna be petty, they're gonna be little things, little things, they're gonna do everything like this. So Rabbi Haim Kamil would quote Rabbi Haim eh, Shmulevitz as having said that those who elogize great tzaddikim by relating their great deeds do a very big disservice to them because it's in the small details, it's in how they treated their wives, it's how they ate, it's how they drank their water, it's how they tied their shoes, it's in the everyday little minor things that you, you would overlook, that they're not important for anyone, that you see really the greatness of a person. This is where you see it. This is where you see it. It's not in the big things, it's in the little things. So such incidents are more than stories, they are defining moments displaying these individuals' essential character. I remember there's a story 
that I had, I think I've had said it before, but it's worth repeating about Rabbi Reichman, important rabbi in, in Canada. And he was very sick. He was going through treatments. And uh, one day he's coming out of the hospital with his son. And he tells the son, you know what? I'm very thirsty. Do you think you could find for me a glass of water? So the son went to look for a glass of water. Obviously today to find a glass of water is almost impossible. You find bottles of water. And he could get a bottle of water. He brought the bottle of water, water to the father so he could drink water. And the father looked at the bottle and he says, a Jew doesn't drink from a bottle. There's a way to drink water. You, you have a, a glass, you pour the drink, and then you do shakol, and then you drink it like a king. You don't drink like, like, like this, like an animal. You drink like a, like a person. And you know what? That story, I don't know why, it made such an impression on me that I decided that I was going to stop drinking from bottles. So it sounds crazy. Maybe you're going to think Margie went nuts. But I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emulate this sadic. I'm going to try to be more refined. I'm going to stop drinking from bottles directly. And I never thought it would be so hard because I go to the gym and usually you take your bottle of water and it became like complicated. But I used to take the bottle of water and a little plastic cup with me and I would pour the water and drink from it. And interestingly so, I have to say that this little act, insignificant act, really made me much more uh, aware of many, many, many little things. It made, it, it like woke me up from, from a dream. And I started seeing more things that I hadn't seen before. So this is an example of little things that people do that really refine a character, that make them great, that make them different from other people, that make them above other people. This is what, what it means. So the, the special people are those who put their best effort in everything they, they do in every situation. Even if you're sick and you're thirsty and you don't drink from a bottle of water, you wait till you get home and you drink from from a proper uh, glass and, 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 and this impacted me. So how small or significant, insignificant it may seem to the overall picture. So, so small deeds count. They're very, very important. And the, the, this demonstrates uh, an incident from the Gemara in Moed Katan, uh, which is talking about the time where Rabbi Hiya was uh, going to die. And Rabbi Hiya had been successfully avoiding the angel of death, the, the, malach, uh, the malach of death. So for some time until one day, this angel of death decided to get more, more intelligent and he appeared to Rabbi Hiya in his door as a, disguised as a poor man asking for food and Rabbi Hiya gladly gave him a piece of bread uh, to eat. Uh, so the, the malach, the angel said you seem to have compassion, you have Rachmanus on a poor man. Why don't you have similar Rachmanus on that man standing outside of your door? And he was meaning the angel of death. Why are you not merciful with the angel of that that's coming to get you and you're avoiding him and this guy has a job to do so at that moment 
the, the angel revealed his true nature, he revealed himself to Rabbi Hiya, uh, his identity, and was able to fulfill his mission and, uh, and taking Rabbi Hiya's life. So Rabbi Haim Shmulevitz asked, what comparison is there between giving a poor man a piece of bread and giving up one's life to the malach, to the angel? What sense can we make of, the, of this appeal that the angel did to Rabbi um, Hiya asking him to have Rachmanus, to have mercy on him, that he has a job to fulfill, he's not, and he's not allowing him to do it. So evidently, says Rabbi Haim, when Rabbi Hiya provided this slice of bread to the poor man, it was more than just a simple piece of bread. Because it says that when a person gives tzedakah, when a person gives to a poor person, he's really giving a part of his life. He's taking away his bread that he could be eating and he's giving it to this poor man. When you take 10% of your earnings and you put it aside and you give it to, to needy situations, needy people, you are giving of your life. You, you sweated to earn that money, you suffered to earn that money, you need that money, and nevertheless, you're giving it to someone that also needs it. So what he's saying is that what he was giving part of his life to the man, and this is the level of heartfelt investment that Rabbi Hiya offered when he was giving tzedakah. To, to, to this man or doing his kindness. So if, when, if we think that Rabbi Hiya was just a good-hearted man who gave bread to the poor, that would be a tremendous mistake because Rabbi Shmulevitz explains he didn't just give bread, he gave his life. And this demonstrates what Rabbi Yeruhan meant, the individual defines the action. So Rabbi Hiya transformed the act of sharing a simple piece of bread with a poor man into Mesiras Nefesh. He was self-sacrifice. He gave with his, with his body, with his, with his strength, and with his soul. He gave up his life. So in the same vein, one woman can comfort an infant, a woman can coo, 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 sing to a little baby and make him feel better and beautify him, put beautiful clothes on him and make him beautiful. And those acts have, have, can have le very little meaning or they can be great acts. It all depends on the intention that you put into your actions. So, so we see here that the message is very important to everybody, to everybody. But in this case, I want to give it especially to those moms that feel that they're under, underpaid, under-recognized, uh, they feel their lives are meaningless, especially to you women today, this week, that it's important to, to find yourself spending your life or parts of your life investing energy in what seems to be simple acts. Like, don't take your simple acts lightly. If you have to go to the supermarket and you don't like going to the supermarket, but you nevertheless have to go shopping and have to buy the fruit and the vegetables and the milk and the eggs and all these things that takes like an hour of your day or more, go happily. Because if you go with the right intention and you recognize the greatness of what you're really doing, you're feeding your family, you're taking care of them, you're making sure nobody goes hungry, it's the biggest kindness you can give someone. Sedaka begins in your home. Kindness begins in your home with, your, with the people you love. 
Yes, it's beautiful to give to others, it's beautiful to help others. But if you're lacking in your house, then there's something wrong. Yes, that person, she's such a volunteer, she's always in the hospital taking care of little babies and, and she's amazing, but then her kids get home from school, the mother's not there, there's no food in the fridge, they're, they're alone in the house or they're being taken care of by a nanny. Hello? Put your priorities where, where they really are. The greatest starts in the little ones, in the little things, not in the greater things. So, so it says here that, uh, that sometimes engaging in these seemingly mundane acts makes you stop and say to yourself, this can be what it's all about. Sometimes we wonder, really, I was born for this? This is the whole purpose of my life, to, to, to take care of people that don't even say thank you to me, that they're always complaining and crying, and this is a house with little kids. They always, they wanna see TV, I don't let them see TV, they're always nasty with me, this is what it is. So, so the, 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 the sages say that that is the revolution. This is the revolutionary things we do. This is really where where your efforts are seen and, and, and to be part of them but they are not necessarily so great in the outside like people don't know what you have to go through this is something you carry within yourself so your small, small acts of just making your son or your daughter a sandwich for breakfast with a thin slice of tomato and putting a thin slice of cucumber and putting in the mayonnaise they like and making it how they love it with love if they're done with the right intention if they're done with the, with the love of a mother to nourish their kids and really make them feel good about themselves then you are really serving Hashem you're really serving Hashem to, and, and this makes you a, not a good person, this makes you a great person, will in the course of your child's development prove to be that you're raising children that feel loved and nurtured and cared for, that their mother really is giving the best of herself to them. At the end, you'll see it, you'll see it. So small acts done greatly by a great woman are all great deeds. Never take it for granted and um, and I want to really extend the bracha that Rabbi Eisenberger gives here. And I want to read it because it's so beautiful. He says that we should have the sehel, the sehel, the intelligence, the good sense, the, 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 the clear mind to focus more on what we are, to focus on, the, on our character, to what thought and, 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 and heart to our, to our deeds, which will transform those that uh, receive them. And that we should be sohe, uh, meritorious, to, to have aspirations and for our children to have an, a, a good tidings and to never feel let down because of the deeds that we so often are occupied with. Don't feel that you're missing out. Don't feel that you're not doing what you're meant to be doing. This is why you're here. That's why it says Hashem created mothers because he cannot be everywhere. So he created mothers. Obviously Hashem can be everywhere. He's everywhere. He's with the mother helping her. But this is a nice quote. Like he created us to be able to bring these beautiful children into the world and raise them up in a nourishing, beautiful, uh, great way and be a great mom so they can be great kids 
and at, and at the end they're gonna be also great mothers and great fathers and have great kids this is the whole purpose so may we be so may we have married to have a beautiful beautiful Shabbos and, uh, and everybody that needs to be healed should be healed and any, everybody that should be to, that needs a salvation should have a salvation and we all should have a lot of satisfaction. So I wish you a blessed rest of the week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.